Do you need a break from the news? Well, my friend, Nerdette Podcast is here for you. Our show is all about delight. We laugh about what's happening in pop culture and feature thoughtful interviews with fascinating people. We even have a monthly book club that you can participate in. I could just go on and on about it. I loved this book. It was an experience, I'll tell you that. (laughs) I discovered authors I had never heard of, and I'm really happy that I did. Come hang out with us. Listen to Nerdette wherever you get your podcasts. This WBEZ podcast is supported by Hacia, whose Executive Fellows Program provides Black and Latinx business owners with real-world tools and strategies needed to master fundamental management concepts related to company stability and growth. Registrants learn through one-on-one executive coaching sessions with subject matter experts in the areas of finance, business development, operations, and legal. More info at HACIAWorks.org. It's Curious City, where we take your questions about Chicago and the region and investigate, report, explore from WBEZ. Hi, I'm reporter Jake Smith. Last month, when the 2017 February weather was unusually warm, reporters and meteorologists in Chicago were having a field day. Marion Beach weather in February. What's not to like? It keeps getting better and better. I mean, today, terrific. Tomorrow, even better than today. uh, Never, never land around here, you know? (laughs) But when curious citizen Mark Mesley saw all that sun in the forecast, he had mixed feelings. It's a beautiful day, and I went to the park, but I also just genuinely worry about, you know, I have a two and a half and a four and a half year old, and it scares the hell out of me in terms of What's this going to be like in 2050? You know, are they going to be okay? In other words, the nice weather had Mark thinking about climate change. But those meteorologists he saw on the news, they weren't mentioning it, which Mark thought was a real missed opportunity. Few people I know can name a climate scientist in Chicago, but almost everybody knows Tom Skilling, you know, or like their local meteorologist, and they have, they have credibility. So Mark came to Curiosity to ask, why weren't meteorologists in Chicago talking about climate change? Like, are they hesitant to talk about it? Like, do they feel it's genuinely outside of their role? Mark is clear. He would like them to talk about it. So much so, he actually runs a website that encourages people to contact their local meteorologists about climate change. But he's also genuinely curious about how forecasters think about this. And he knows that some in Chicago have talked about it on the air. But there are plenty who don't want to touch the issue at all. In fact, we reached out to meteorologists from all of Chicago's major TV stations. Two of them told us they didn't want to talk about it on the record. Three more ignored our calls and emails. It certainly seemed like they were hesitant to discuss climate change in public. So were these people shirking their responsibility? Or was there another explanation? As a meteorologist, when you get up on camera, you're paid to give the weather forecast, right? You're not paid to interject with your opinion of what may or may not be happening on the grand scale of of climate. So to answer Mark's question, why aren't meteorologists talking about climate change, I sat down with Victor Gensini. He's a professor of meteorology at College of DuPage. Some of his students go on to become TV weather people. But I wanted to know, What's the difference between weather people and climate people? Weather is your sort of snapshot day-to-day weather conditions. So what's the temperature outside? What's the wind speed? What's the wind direction? And then climate is just the long-term averages. So the mean temperature for the year 1995 or something. So what, uh, when they graduate, people who go on to be TV meteorologists, how would you describe the extent of their climate training? I mean, it's theoretically possible for 
a on-camera TV weather person to have little to no training in climatology. So that's kind of, that's a disconnect because you feel like if I have a weather person on TV, they should know everything about the weather, including the statistics of weather, which would be climate. And that's not necessarily true. I guess, how much does that bother you? I, I would like to see more climate curriculum, but right now you have to take so many other classes. We'd have to substitute some of those other classes for these classes. What I am a fan of, and I'm going to just throw his name out there because he's an excellent TV meteorologist, is Tom Skilling from Chicago. He's very well versed in climate, and he's also a meteorologist. Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. Researchers found that the rate of global warming in the past uh, 15 years has been as fast or That's WGN weatherman Tom Skilling, the guy Gensini is talking about. Remember how I said almost no local meteorologists would talk to us? Well, Skilling was the exception. I went with Mark, our question asker, to meet Skilling at his home. How are you? Nice to see you. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Come on in, guys. Would you like a cup of coffee or anything? Tom Skilling is the chief meteorologist at WGN. He's been there for nearly 39 years. And he actually talks about climate change a lot on Facebook, at public events, and on air. So we wanted to know, what motivates him to do that? And why haven't others followed suit? After some quick introductions... Oh, this is little Waldo. This is the sweetest little kitty, I tell you. <laughs> the three of us sat down to talk. When was the first time that you talked about climate change on air? Oh, gosh. I would say five, ten years ago. Um, what was the reaction when you put that on uh, You know what? Surprisingly little. And you know what I found? The folks who, who really are uh, against denying climate science make noise far beyond their numbers. You'll get a couple of letters saying you're an ignorant ignoramus and uh, you've drunk Al Gore's Kool-Aid. But they aren't as numerous as you might have suspected. Hmm. So uh, thinking back to yeah. this period in February when it was strangely warm, I yes. think it was kind of on everybody's minds, right? Yes. Did you mention it on air at all? I did indeed. Uh, in fact, I've mentioned it on radio and television and uh, all forums. And talk to me about that decision, because, I mean, you have, what, two, sometimes maybe five minutes to yes. talk? Yes, a lot of this comes stream of consciousness. I look at this, and I, you know, I, I'm looking at it back in the office and wondering about it and marveling at what's going on. And so I'll see on the air, you know, this is a North American temperature map. You folks may not have looked at these over the years, but at this time of the year, you ought to be seeing a big area of 30 and 40 and 50 below zero temperatures. And look, we're not cooling in the Arctic the way we used to. And this conforms with what we know about what's happening in the planet. And I do think it's a hot button issue that some people are afraid of. We're rated every day. We have rating services to find out how you're appealing to uh, your audience. Do those ratings, are, are you expected to sort of think about them and how you, know, you do your job? You know, a lot of people think this is some sort of, I, I don't know, conspiracy that people come to us and our bosses say, don't you touch that. That's a scary subject. I have never in my experience had any manager ever come to me and say, don't even go there. I know one of our younger weather people wanted to do something on climate change and was told by a, a news manager, now be sure you get somebody from the other side of the story. And I stepped in and said, there isn't another side of the story. And uh, I think th this young forecaster felt, you know, concerned. He was new, not established. But it's not because anybody came out with an edict and said, don't talk about it. I think he was trying to avoid any pitfalls that he suspected might exist. When you're young and vulnerable, I think you think like that. And you should. 
you know, I went to work the first three quarters of my career. I thought they're going to fire me every day I went to work. You know, you hear stories in broadcasting about people who come into the station and suddenly all their belongings are out in the hallway and the office has been locked, you know, and it's just, <laughs> and that's how you're told it's all over, you know, and it's, uh, so I think people hear these stories and maybe make more of them than they should. If you were a young meteorologist starting today, yeah. um, and maybe even say somewhere other than Chicago, you know, yeah. maybe a more conservative place, do you I think would you would think... talk as, as vocally about climate change as you do? No, I don't think so. And I can think of regions of the country where you better not. You know, if you were working down in the deep south where there's a more conservative uh, bent, you better think about it. I don't quite know how I'd handle that. It would be a dilemma. Is there an obligation, would you say, among local broadcast meteorologists to talk about climate change? Or is it sort of above and beyond the call of duty? I think just as a matter – I mean, we're communicating about a fascinating system, our atmosphere and all. And when it does unusual things, I think it's important for us to put in context what's going on. Do you feel like it's enough to present the data or do you have to tell a story or make it personal in in a way? Well, you know what? All you can do is state the facts. Therefore, you don't come across like you're preaching. You're trying to educate and illuminate what's going on because people will reject uh, preaching if they think that's what you're doing to them. You want to bring them along. You want to say, hey, here's an interesting piece of evidence, and here's how this fits into the big picture. And this is why a group of very concerned scientists have reached some of the conclusions that they've reached. You know, I wasn't quick to come to the climate change. I mean, I I didn't immediately buy into the whole climate change scenario. When I used to hear model forecasts that the Arctic was going to melt and all, I thought, well, you're going to have to prove it to me. My mind was changed by the evidence as I went along, and uh, I see great compatibility with the thinking on climate change with what I see in my daily work. I, I see things happening I haven't seen happen before, and I say, darn it, they're right about that. So, Do you feel like the fact that you, for a while, were doubtful of climate change, yeah. it makes you better it, prepared for that? Yeah, because I, I understand where some of these folks are coming from. I, you know, I can understand why a snowstorm or a cold wave in the middle of a period you're told the planet is warming is confusing to people. There is a great example, I think, of what we can do. When you do talk about an extreme cold wave, you can point out, yeah, it's cold here. But you've been hearing this discussion of climate change. And look at the big picture. It's unusually hot here and unusually hot here and all the rest. And uh, that's something I've tried to do. Um, Is all this your job? You know, I don't set out to change minds. It's just that when something happens that's out of the ordinary, I think part of your job is to say this is out of the ordinary and here's how we place this in context. And gee, isn't it interesting that we're seeing more of these situations show up more frequently You know, for me, I've been interested in the weather since I was a little kid. It's been all-encompassing. It's been my life, essentially. And I just kind of find the thing fascinating. And uh, I view it as kind of taking my viewers and my listeners on a trip through my own sense of fascination with what's going on, you know? When I see a storm develop, I'm not being sadomasochistic when I say, That is absolutely fascinating to watch how all this is coming together. It's the same way with a tornado. It's a horrible thing. But to watch how nature generates something like that, there's a sense of fascination with it all. And the the same thing with our climate. I mean, what happens if we start submerging our cities? I have no idea. 
it's fascinating and frightening at the same time. Before we left, I asked Mark, our question asker, if he felt like he'd gotten a satisfying answer to his question. I still think it's, you know, like at what point do we really get serious about this? And I feel like it's still open-ended in some sense. Mark, I know exactly where you're coming from. You probably are thinking, I mean, let's be blunt about it. Why aren't they saying more about it? Why aren't people standing up and screaming on top of the mountain? And I... I share your frustration, and I, I must say, I wish more people were talking about it, too, in my line of work. So, Mark's concern that meteorologists don't want to talk about this is well-founded. Skilling is an exception. And for Mark, that means there's still work to be done. My daughter, Charlie, who's two and a half, every year of her life has been the hottest year on record. And yet we just, for the most part, we still treat it like it's business as usual. Reporting came from me, Jake Smith, with help from Monica Ng. Support comes from the Conant Family Foundation. Next time on Curious City... That's a Chicago dispatcher trying to find an ambulance to respond to a 911 call. Anybody, anybody on the main frequency, anybody available. Can't find one because they're all busy. Which is why if you call 911 for a medical emergency, it's often a fire truck with a paramedic that shows up. But does that mean Chicago doesn't have enough ambulances? We investigate. That's next time on WBZ's Curious City. Before we start the show, we here at Curious City want to let you in on a little-known fact about WBEZ. 89% of all our funding comes from community support including contributions from curious listeners like you. If this program has changed how you see Chicago, please consider supporting this program at wbez.org curious. Thank you. At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts.